welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes, and I'm so glad you're with us today, because today our guest is going to be your host. It has of late become clear to me that once everyone loses their fear of death, the world is going to be transformed. Fear of death is the base fear, the fear from which all other fears spring, and fear is the root of all evil, all negativity, and every horror that is making our world feel as if it was falling apart. And isn't that exactly how it feels now? When we all have lost our fear of death, the consciousness vibrations of this whole planet are going to just start to rise naturally, no matter what else we do, and by a lot. What I'm going to say to you today is all true. None of this is about beliefs any more than your confidence that breathing in will bring air into your lungs and then breathing out will send it out again is just a personal belief. It's fact. It's all fact. My dear friends, I have spent the past 50 years of my life in researching death and the afterlife as a compulsive hobby. Just ask my husband, the poor man. Just so I can share with you today the most glorious certainty that ever could be. Your mind is eternal. You're you're going to live forever. There's no question about that. You never began. You're never going to end. The evidence for that is certain. It's consistent. And it's abundant and overwhelming. It's true. We've had many guests on Seek Reality who have shared with you all kinds of evidence that your life really is eternal. And we've talked here about the wonderful, glorious afterlife that awaits us all. That's why if you look in the past episodes, I've I've personally spoken about all those things. But I really don't think I have so far had a guest or talked myself very much in detail about the process of dying. What's that going to be like? And it's important that we all know now what death is going to be like because near-death experiences have nothing to do with death. I interviewed Raymond Moody and asked him, you know, what's the relationship? He said, there is no relationship. That's why they called them near-death experiences. And he's the one, as you know, who coined the term. They have nothing to do with death. They're beautiful. They show us a great many wonderful things but they don't tell us anything about death. People now will say things like, well, you'll see a tunnel and a light, but you won't. You won't see a tunnel. You won't see a light. That happens just in near-death experiences. It seems to be a rescue device for when people are out of their bodies and entering the astral to make sure the lowest astral planes are very negative and full of nasty beings. And that light is the light of the astral, and the tunnel gets you through the negative beings. It's all pretty simple. But that doesn't happen when you die. Your mind is powerful, so it's important that you know the truth because if you start believing other things are going to happen, your mind can create what are in fact illusions, and you can end up stuck in those illusions for a very long time. So please listen carefully today. Please learn the truth because as Jesus said, and it's true in a lot of things, it's certainly true in this, the truth does set you free. Death is a universal part of life. The death rate is 100%. So the level of misinformation that still exists around death in the 21st century is frankly horrifying. So much of what we're told by those we venerate as authorities in, in science, in religion, in culture, is scary, it's silly, and it's just plain wrong. 
The fact is that the truth about death has been known for more than a century, so there is no excuse for all this depressing misinformation and frank nonsense. We actually plan for our eventual deaths as part of the life planning process. This is before we're even born. All the important events of our lives are planned, who our family will be, who we're going to marry, the kind of work we'll do, and especially how we're going to use our lives for our own spiritual growth and to aid in the spiritual growth of other people. That's all planned. And we also plan in two or three exit points that our higher consciousness can choose if it determines that for whatever reason our time has arrived to leave this lifetime. Nobody wants to be here. As soon as the, your, your higher self determines you've gotten about the most you can out of the, the lessons you're going to learn in this lifetime, believe me, you truck on home. There are a lot of ways, as you know, to die. And nearly all the deaths that, that we ever could, could experience are, are planned, believe it or not. Accidents are planned. And that's something which surprises a lot of people. Yes, you can have a death that isn't planned. But those are very, very, very rare. Nearly always, even accidental deaths are planned. Very seldom do we know at a conscious level that we're about to die. But when you go to a celebration of someone's life, you'll often hear all these stories about when they were, you know, six months ago, a year ago, five days ago, they were doing things. They were meeting people they hadn't seen in a long time for lunch. They were telling their wives where their bank accounts are, all these last-minute things. Subconsciously, they certainly knew that they were about to boogie on home. I think it's very important we understand that all of this is under our own control. Even if it's not our conscious control, it's certainly under our own control. And the day of your death, believe it or not, is meant to be the happiest and most beautiful day of your entire life life. It's the day when you will be reunited again with loved ones you may have thought you never would see again. The day you get to see and hug the guides who have helped you make the most of this lifetime. And it's the blessed day when you leave this illusion far behind and return to the joy of your true home. For most people, death is just that wonderful. But I've lately come to accept the fact that our willful cultural ignorance about death still means that far too many people are botching their well-planned deaths. They end up taking temporary detours to nowhere. We'll talk about that, but first let's talk about what actually happens in the sort of well-planned death that most of us can look forward to enjoying. And you, you're going to need to keep an open mind. If you can approach your death knowing just in general terms that the process is going to be easy and happy and you will at every moment be cared for and supported by your loved ones, if that's all that fills your mind at your death, then you're going to manage it just fine. You may be one of the fortunate ones. My mother was one of these. She just fell asleep here and she woke up there. But most of us are awake during at least part of the death process. And some of what happens during your death is going to feel odd, maybe not scary, maybe not painful, but odd and confusing to you that you don't remember having died before. So it helps if you have a general idea about what to expect. Unless your mind has planned to take an exit point in an accident, um, an auto accident. Mikey Morgan, who is often our guest, he died in an auto accident when he was 20. Nobody else was even injured and he was killed. That was the plan. But if you're not going to die in some quick way like that, you're going to have your body weakened by a whole lot before you get to the place where you get to die. And this can be frustrating. Cancer, any other kind of wasting illness, old age, those aren't 
fun to go through. In fact, when I first published The Fun of Dying, people would come up to me and when I did speaking engagements and they would say, what do you mean? It's not fun to die. You know, so-and-so has had cancer for years and so on. No, getting there is not fun. But believe me, when it starts to happen, that starts to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. If it's an unplanned traumatic death, you may in fact find yourself alone. That's the only reason, the only time you'd ever find yourself alone. In a death like Mikey Morgan's, any kind of auto accident, any kind of planned death like that, you will not be in the car when the when the crash happens. We're told that very emphatically. No. You, people talk about going right through a solid roof of the car because, of course, it's their, their mind, their spirit that's going through the roof of the car, and they see the crash from above, and right there with them is someone they love or one of their spirit guides or sometimes more than one person. You're never, ever alone. So if you find yourself standing by a swimming pool and seeing your dead body floating in the swimming pool, you know that was a true accident and or a car accident, whatever. If you think you've died, there's nobody else there, all you have to do is call for help. People who have done that and said, hey, wait a minute, somebody's supposed to be here. People who have done that say that immediately a very advanced being, and you can recognize them because they're tall, thin, and they glow a lot, and they seem to be androgynous. You're not sure out whether they're male or female. They, one of those will arrive right away, right from the top of the sixth level, and they apologize for not having been there when you actually went through the, the, the transition. So um, you have nothing to worry about. It's all wonderful, exciting, and fun. Okay, now let's talk about the usual death in more detail. Most of us die in bed of disease or old age. That's the way it is. And it could be a long process. Your body has to be weakened by a lot. But generally, within a day or two before the actual death happens, there's a burst of vigor. Doctors see that as a sign that the process of actively dying has begun. One of the things that may happen during those last couple of days is what's called terminal lucidity. Maybe you've been in a coma, you've, been, you've had horrible Alzheimer's, something. You've been totally out of it for a long time. Suddenly, you're sitting up in bed and talking lucidly, calmly to the people around the bed. What has happened? Well, they can't explain it, they being the doctors and the other clueless folks who insist that, that minds don't exist separate from the body. But what's happening there is that your mind is starting to actually separate from your brain. As soon as it gets even partially free from that horrible dead brain that you've still been living with, but it's been basically useless. As soon as that happens, you're fine and you feel fine and everything is fine. And you believe it or not, you're never afraid at this point. By the time you get to that, that within a day or so of death, you're not afraid. You know what's going on, even on a subconscious level. And that moment of terminal lucidity can be a wonderful time where, where you finally get to say goodbye to people around your bed that maybe you hadn't been lucid enough to talk with for years. And also in the hours before your death, there are going to be deathbed visitors. The timing of their appearance is variable. Some people see them even weeks ahead, but usually it's within the 24 hours or so before the body actually dies. Usually appear, by the way, in the upper corners of the room. So if you see, if you're by a deathbed and you see someone looking at the upper corner of the room, uh, you know that they're they're seeing and talking in their mind with their loved ones who have come for them. Could be one or two. Could be a crowd. It's very very individual, depending on you know what people want. This is your time. This is your precious time, and you are the center of attention of these people. But as soon as you see even one deathbed visitor. 
you know everything is going to be fine and you relax. Also, by the way, you can see pets. I should mention that. A lot of people say, I want my dog to be there. Well, if you want the dog to be there, the dog will be there. These people and these animals all look young and happy and healthy. And they sometimes even people around your deathbed, living people will see them. There's a book by Dr. Raymond Moody called Glimpses of Eternity. It details some of the phenomena of shared death experiences is what he calls them. So you are seeing people around your bed that you thought were dead, and they're young, healthy, and happy, and so you have relaxed, and your body is actively starting to die. One of the things, if you're awake, that you will feel is what I call unvelcroing. Your energy, you're like, you're built like a Matryoshka doll set, you know, nested dolls, the outer part, your material body and your, the energy body that's protected you, your aura, that's all going to die. But what's inside is, is more nested energy bodies and they go, they leave, but they leave as a mist. So what happens is first they, uh, they, the people, people who've been through it and been awake at the time say it feels like. A lot of tiny threads are letting go inside first your fingers and toes, then up your arms and legs into your torso. And then it sort of gathers there and leaves your body as a mist, either through your chest or through the top of your head. And people can see that. That By, by the way, there is on the Internet um, a, a mouse death in which this is seen, and it rapidly disappears. And the reason is as soon as that mist, which is you, is free of your body, it starts to rise in vibration by a lot, and people usually who are around the deathbed can't see it anymore. But what's happening is in the air, your body forms into an, a beautiful young you. It's naked, yes, but very quickly you realize, oh, my goodness, and you, you clothe it with your mind. And around you are all these people that you thought you'd lost. Everybody's hugging you and loving you, and it's wonderful, but your body is still alive. However, that silver cord that has kept you connected your whole life is fraying now. And as soon as it breaks, it breaks fairly quickly, your body dies. The only thing that has kept it alive for the 80 or 90 years before this moment is the fact that it was attached to you by the silver cord. It's dead now. Go immediately then with the people who have come for you. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Don't even think about talking to the people around your deathbed and they're all going to be feeling for your pulse. They're going to say, Oh my goodness, he's dead. She's dead. Uh, uh, leave. Because if you pay attention to the people around your bed, you are almost guaranteed to lower your personal vibration enough that you'll no longer be able to see mom and dad and everybody else who's come for you, Fido. And then you're stuck out of time. That's a very, very bad situation to be in. So leave. And the process of leaving is actually very easy. Again, no tunnel, and no light. What happens usually is as, as every, you, you and the people around you are raising your vibrations together and all of the places that you could go are all in exactly the same place. Think of TV channels. The TV doesn't move, right? You just turn the dial. Well, you're turning your mental dials together to a slightly higher channel. So the, the room around you where you died gets vapory and vague and it just disappears. And in front of you, as the mist clears, is this beautiful, beautiful place. There are a couple of afterlife channels below it and there, and there are many above it. They all exist, as I say, right where we are. But it's more beautiful than anything you have ever seen or imagined. And it looks like the earth except it's got green and other gorgeous colors. There's nothing decays, not a leaf ever falls. Flowers that are as large as people, 
And it's beautiful. And it's full of love. Love is the air you breathe. There's a white light that illuminates it, which literally, literally is the Godhead's love. There are no shadows it casts, no shadow at all. You'll get quickly used to how gorgeous and wonderful it is, but it is quite a shock to find yourself there. And many people, when they first arrive, just want to sit on a park bench and look and, and breathe and believe that they have finally made it. It's as solid as here, by the way. You're standing, your feet are on solid ground. You are solid. Everybody around you is too. But it is beautiful. And so that is how death happens. Think how easy that is. All you had to do was pay attention to those deathbed visitors and not pay attention to, to reality that is that you thought was reality. Realize it's as vague and vapory as it looked to you when you when you finally left it. It's never been real. And the people around your deathbed you'll be able to give signs to and give hugs to after you have gone home. But first, first, you've got to go home. So that's what happens when everything is right. And most of what can go wrong, actually, is a product of pure ignorance. I used to think it was only a few percent of people who had problems. However, as Mikey Morgan is our wonderful friend, he's coming back again in a few weeks. Mikey Morgan is a six-level being who communicates with us from the level just below the source through his mother. He deliberately took an extra lifetime, hundreds of years after he had finished incarnating. He's really very close to rejoining the source. And he talks to us. He's able to tell us things for almost nobody else communicating from there can tell us because I know of nobody else who ever has been at that level and has communicated through a living being to whom he was emotionally close as, as you are close to your own mother. So he's a, in a unique situation. And we asked Mikey, because I was curious, Mikey, how many people go off track at death? I thought he was going to say 5%. He said almost 25%. 25%. I couldn't believe it. He hastened to add that most of those people are rescued pretty quickly. It isn't that they're off track for long, but they don't get that easy, happy transition that I just described. Oh, my goodness, Mikey, that's terrible. That's when I decided it's very important. It's important for two reasons, to make sure you understand what happens at death. First, when you lose your fear of death altogether, you will never fear anything else again. What can harm you? You are God's best beloved child, and you are eternal no matter what anybody around you does. Nothing can touch you. As A Course in Miracles says, nothing real can be threatened, and nothing unreal exists. In that lies the peace of God, and that's true. That's very true. So that's the first reason I want to make sure you know what happens at death. But the second reason is you have a one in four chance of going off track if you don't know what's going on. So let's let's talk about some of the things that can go wrong. Let's talk about how you can make sure those things don't go wrong in your, your case because it's very, very, very important that you have an easy and a happy death, especially since that's the way it's planned. It's planned to be not a problem at all for you. All you need to do is trust, trust those people who come for you that you thought you'd never see again. And there's mom and there's dad and they're talking and their voice is the same, by the way. Everything is the same except they look young and beautiful. It's just a, an amazing experience. You all know that when Steve Jobs was dying, um, he was to say goodbye to his family. And then his, he looked beyond them and he said, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, that's how you're going to feel 
He's seeing his deathbed visitors, and nearly always people then, he stops talking at that point to the people around him. Nearly always people do. What is there to say to people who are still alive and stuck here when you know you are about to go home and there is mom and dad waiting for you? So wonderful. So, but anyway, as Mikey says, things can go wrong. So let's talk about what some of those things are. Religions are a real problem in this situation. Most religions foster beliefs about what happens at and after death, and they all get the process and the facts wrong. All of them do. Every single religion does. There is no exception. Christianity is among the worst, by the way. The problem with Christianity is that it is really built on fear. We're going to have to talk about that some more here. We haven't talked about it in a while. But what could be scarier than the thought that God can't forgive you unless he gets to watch his own son being horribly murdered? That makes him feel better and he'll forgive you? Oh, my God, what a horrible belief that is. It's not true either, and Jesus didn't say anything of the sort. His death was very important, and the fact that he died as he did, and then he literally was resurrected, that's all very important, but had nothing to do with your sins. If you see your eight-month-old baby playing on the rug, and the baby spits up a little and then goes on playing, how angry are you going to be at that baby? Well, that's about how angry God will ever get with you, no matter what you do. Because we are spiritual babies here, and we're trying our best to grow. But, if you're a Christian you're going to have some terrors. One of the things that um, I've learned from hospice workers about the process of dying and in general is that the, the strictest Christians, the most devout church ladies, are the ones who are most terrified as death approaches. And they uniformly will say to the people around them, I wasn't good enough, I'm not going to get to go to heaven, or I know I'm going to end up in hell. And, and they, some of them are terrified. I mean, just think of the fact that there are 40,000 versions of Christianity, and many of them say they're the only one, or the best one, or the one you have to pick. How do you guess which one to pick? And there are people who believe that if they guessed wrong, they're going to hell. There are people who actually believe John Calvin was not a crackpot. And those people believe that before we were created, some of us were created to go to hell. And no matter how good we are, we're going to go to hell. And others, no matter how bad they are, are going to go to heaven. That's, believe it or not, a genuine Christian belief that is still held in some churches. So in that, we're, we're kind of in a mess. The first thing I want to tell you is there is no hell. There is no fiery hell at all. People say, oh, Jesus talked about it. Oh, no. He talked about what he called the outer darkness, where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. And believe it or not, that's exactly what exists. It's cold, dark, smelly, and disgusting. And that's the lowest level of the afterlife. That is a punishment level. It's a punishment level, but God doesn't put us there. There's no evidence whatsoever that God ever has. No, the person who puts us there is ourselves. The most important thing you, you can do with your life, believe it or not, if you want an easy death and a happy afterlife, is to learn to forgive. I don't care what anybody has done to you. Give yourself the gift of learning how to forgive easily and automatically because when it comes time for your life review, and that's right after you get there, that's very soon after you get there, you're going to get to see how you affected everybody else you came into contact with in this whole life, and you're going to have to forgive them. And then the hard part comes. You're going to have to forgive yourself for everything you've ever done. Nearly all of the people in the outer darkness are apparently people who could not 
forgive themselves for their human flaws, for what they did wrong. You don't want to be in their position. So learn to forgive. It's easy. And learn to forgive yourself because God already forgives you. Of course, if God can forgive you, why can't you forgive yourself? There's a, just a, a little bit of wisdom there. We ought to talk more about that, though, because it's very, very important. Okay, why do people go off track at death? First, of course, is religious terror. Whatever you believe that is fear-based and you learned in the course of your religion is going to be an obstacle when it comes time for you to die. There were religions in the early part of the 20th century. I don't know what they are now. I think there were Christian denominations. And the, the preachers didn't want people to think that they could sort of escape uh, and the, we were, they were starting to get good evidence a hundred years ago about what actually happens at death. And these these clergymen fought back by saying, um, demons will come for you. They'll look like your mother and father, but they'll be demons. So don't go with them. So when, when the deathbed visitors would come for these poor souls, what they would do, what the people would do, would be to say, "Oh, it looks like mother must be a demon," and they wouldn't go. And probably close to 100% of those poor people ended up earthbound. To be earthbound just means you don't have an easy way to get to where you're going. There's an easy, automatic way provided, but you decided to skip that train, and so you're you're stuck here. One by one, those people have to be rescued. It's not easy. Because you first got to get them to see you. And one of the things I should just, I'm sort of going off track here, but I, I will come back in a minute. What, one of the things, if you have had a good life and you're reasonably highly vibrating, one of the things that will happen really right after you die is that some advanced being will say, will you come with me and we'll do some rescue work? Because they can do the rescue work. You are someone they can still perceive because you are, you are not vibrating as high as you will very soon. So they'll go with you into the outer darkness or into, you know, alleyways and horrible places on earth and, and point out someone for you to go to someone who has died maybe a long time ago. And if you can get their attention, then you can focus their attention on the advanced being who's there with you. And you can help with wonderful rescue work. Be prepared. If someone asks you to do that, it's actually an honor. And so be prepared to do that until you're vibrating high enough that it, it's no longer possible for them to see you. So religious terror is a terrible thing. If you're, if you are afraid and it's because of some of the things you've been taught in your church, then do yourself and do the Lord a favor and find a church which doesn't teach you to be afraid of God because God is nothing but love. Jesus told us that let's just listen to the Lord. Now he told us that God is, is love. If yours is a different religion and it's not teaching you to be afraid, then great. There's nothing wrong with religions per se, except that if they teach us negative things, they can really mess up our minds. And when it comes time to die, it can be a very, very hard thing to get over. So religious terror is the first problem. The second is, if you're certain about what comes after death, you can also screw yourself up. If you're sure there's nothing after death, for example, that's what you're going to see. There are tales of people wandering in a fog of nothing. They're as alive as they ever have been. But because they believe there'll be nothing, that's what they're in. There's no time, fortunately, so they're not as aware of time passing as you or I might be. But there are other 
what Robert Monroe, the great astral traveler, Robert Monroe called hollow heavens. There are other hollow heavens that are very common. One of them, as you can imagine, is St. Peter's Gate standing on clouds. That's it. That's all there's there. And if you are convinced that that's what's going to happen, you've been you've seen too many cartoons about somebody, you know, meeting St. Peter at the pearly gates. If, if that's what you think is going to happen, that's where you'll land right there. There'll be people around you and they'll all be as confused as you are, because there's, of course, nothing there. There's it's, it's not real. It's like an it's like a dream. But you have to be rescued from there. You'll just be very glad when people get your attention enough to be able to rescue you. There's another kind of hollow heaven, which is usually uh, a little religious village, maybe a church surrounded by little homes. And it's you know, there's nothing but church suppers going on there all the time. It's, again, not real. It's just that's what you expected that heaven would be. I'm sure there's a throne room. There may be several virgins of God's throne room. But again, there is no throne room. That's not real either. You have to be rescued from it. But you always will be rescued. And as like you said, in most cases, it's pretty easy for them to rescue you because you you still are vibrating higher than you were when you were in a body. And if they can get your attention at all, then they will be able to bring you home. Not a problem. But still, you missed a lot of the fun. You don't want to miss the fun. So don't have any preconceived notions. If all you think about dying is that it's going to be fun and safe and happy and you should just, you know, listen to the people who really know what's going on, you'll be fine. That's all you really need to know. Another problem people can have is thinking they're going to hell. If you are convinced that you're going to hell, you absolutely will do it, guaranteed. There's a hollow hell, and it's got real flames, but I don't think the flames actually hurt you. But it's scary as all get out. So immediately when people get there, having put themselves there, they start screaming, and immediately then they're rescued. That's the easiest rescue to have happen to you because you don't want to be in hell. And, of course, there is no hell, so it's easy to get rescued. Here's another tragic kind of thing that can happen. If you have loved ones around you begging you not to die, you can end up stuck there. This happened not too long ago. And they were rehabbing a hospital, a very old hospital, and a medium was touring it. And she found a little boy lying in a broken hospital bed. He had died at least, as they figure, at least a century before. They weren't sure who he was. The last thing his mother had said to him, he said, was, don't go until I get back. Wait for me. And there he was, having died that same night, still waiting for his mother to come back. The kindest thing we can do for the dying is to give them permission to let go. And yes, they did rescue him. And yes, he did go to his family finally. And then, of course, being an addict is also a tremendous problem. Many people who are addicted to drugs, <laughs> alcohol, and believe it or not, sex is a big addiction. Whatever they're addicted to, they often don't want to leave because they want to stay where they can get their fix. And if you get drunk yourself in a, in a bar or if you are near people doing drugs in an alleyway and you yourself are high, you're very likely to pick up at least one dead person who becomes a, a sort of a, a parasite of yours because they can get high whenever you get high and they they drive you if you wonder why it becomes so hard to crack to, to kick a habit that can be why 
believe it or not, they, they, we are told by astral travelers that there are actually sort of pig piles of naked people in the astral who are trying to have sex with one another. And of course it's not possible. So what a mess. You don't want to be there. Don't be addicted to anything. And finally, don't get killed in battle if you can avoid it. What happens when people die in battle is that there they are running across a battlefield and their body gets killed. You know, a shot kills the body, but they keep running. During both of the big wars of the 20th century, First and Second World War, there were specific mediums in England which uh, uh, were chosen, actually, by because they were very good at, as mediums. And they, the, those who were doing massive rescue work among these people who were wandering around the battlefields would bring them to these mediums who would convince them that they, it was time for them to go home. They are really uh, were dead. A lot of them wouldn't believe they were dead. You know, I'm fine. I'm just fine. I just need to, I don't know, uh, you know, go back to my troop or whatever. But they did a wonderful rescue work that these mediums did. And one by one, these uh, these soldiers were sent to their loved ones who were waiting for them and had been waiting sometimes for a long time. So, again, all of these things are problems which most people have no idea about. So how do you avoid having these kinds of problems? My goodness. First, be sure you learn the truth. Once you really understand what happens at death and are relaxed about it, you cannot possibly have a problem. It's the easiest thing in the world, and it's the happiest thing in the world. I mean, it seems like a big deal, right? I mean, you drop your body. Aren't you used to thinking of your body as you? No, it's like an old Toyota. It doesn't run anymore. So you get out of it, and you leave it behind without a moment's regret. Learn the truth and be open-minded. Things are going to happen you don't expect, even if you're careful to try to understand what has happened to others. This is your death. Your death is going to be unique. So... Be open-minded. And above all, ignore the living people around you. Once you're out of your body, they can't help you and you can't help them. They will never be able to see you no matter what you do. So go with your the deathbed visitors. They really have come just to bring you home. And once you are back, once you've gone through the intake process in the real life that you're returning to at death, then you'll be able to send all kinds of messages and signs and have a lot of fun with your, with the people that you left behind. But you can't do anything now. You've first got to go home, so make sure you do that. Trust and follow your beautiful deathbed visitors. That natural death process is a passage back, really, from an illusion, which is all that this is, to the greater reality that's our eternal home. And you're thinking, but it's an illusion, too. Oh, yes, it's an illusion, too. It's just a much more solid and certain one than this illusion that we're here in now. You'll realize that when you get back. The, tr the trip is really quick and easy, and it, there's nothing about it that's scary. But we just have to make sure we're ready to do it, and we do it well. Then we'll be fine. If we all work together to spread these truths, then soon the tragedy of people going off track at death or people, people angry with one another and willing to be angry because they think death is the end, all of these things are going to go away. We don't even have to get people to raise their spiritual vibrations. Just knowing the truth about death will raise them enough to transform the world. We can bring the kingdom of God on earth. But this is what we all need to do. So each one teach one, as they used to say in the army. It's all good. It's all good. What awaits us at death, as I've said, is more wonderful than all our most 
glorious hopes. And that's all I have to say about it today because we're coming to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could be with us today. Hasn't this been fun? There's so much more I wish I could tell you, but it's difficult sometimes because everyone is at a different stage and I don't know exactly where you are. And I'd like to speak to you just in the place where you are. So if you have questions that I've inspired today, don't hesitate. Just send them to me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com and I will answer your emails. It's so important to me that everyone who is listening now is going to know the truth and be freed by the truth to just have the most glorious death that you can possibly imagine. Please don't ever forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You are. You never begin. You never will end. And when you really get what that means and all that it means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to be talking with Dr. Ann J. Clark. And I've wanted to have her for a guest for years, to tell you the truth, so I'm very glad about this. Ann Clark has spent most of her career as an academic researcher, and she's a Michael Newton Institute certified Life Between Lives facilitator and a Reiki master. She's the owner, and she practices her craft at Wisdom for Wellness in Hoover, Alabama. And her great loss workshops are popular online, so we'll, we'll talk next week about how to, how to start doing that if you'd like to do it. Anne is going to be talking in particular about the Newton Institute, which carries on the work of Michael Newton, the author of the very, very popular Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. Now, if you read those books, you'll find that the, what these people talk about between lives is very different from what we often talk about. And I'll, I'll make sure you understand why, why there are differences. Basically, we get to see the scenery when people go back, they, they're looking at the scaffolding that holds up the scenery. That's really the only difference. That's why they see people as sparks of light. It's very simple. And you can see things either way. It's up to you. But for the most part, to keep us from being afraid, we, we get to look at the scenery, which is the beautiful part. Anna's going to share with us some of the amazing results that can come from Life Between Lives Therapy and She'll talk a little bit about her next book called Healing from Great Loss, Facing Pain and Grief to Recover Your Authentic Self. That's going to be released at the end of the year. We'll probably have her back then to talk about it. Anne has received lots of awards for her work, very satisfying, and among them, she has the prestigious Peggy Newton Award. It's from the Michael Newton Institute. So please join us next week and learn more about what's going to be an amazing part, an amazing part of a much better future world in which emotional healing is going to mean actually profoundly spiritual healing above all. Of course, today, our guest has been your host. I hope you don't mind. I, it just seemed important to me that you know the things that we know. And I realized we really, I didn't have a guest to call on except for poor Craig Hogan, who is with us so much of the time. He could have done this very well also. But I just wanted you to understand that we truly are immortal beings in the most amazing and wonderful sense of that term. And death is easy, happy, and fun. That's all you really have to know. Death is going to be glorious for you. You walk away with no regret and you never look back. That's how you drop your body at your death. That's how easy it is. You're not attached to it at all. Once that silver cord breaks, it's like nothing. It's, a, it's just a piece of meat. That's all it is. I know it looks from here, though, to be a very big deal. Oh, my goodness. I won't even have a body. Well, yes, you will. You'll have a body that's formed by your mind, and it's a beautiful body. And I know just how I'm going to look. 
I'll, when I get a little older, I'll describe it to you so you'll know how to look for me. I'm going to look gorgeous. Trust me on that. I've spent my life studying this. What I'm telling you is absolutely true, and it's fun, and it's glorious, and you have nothing to fear from death. That's the big takeaway from, from today. That's what I want you to remember. Please listen again if you still don't get it, because it truly is true. When I wrote The Fun of Dying and gave it that title, which actually came from my guide, but it understates the case. It's not just fun. It's glorious to die. It's wonderful and beautiful to die. You planned for it before you even were born, and it's in the not very distant future. I don't care how old you are. When you make that journey home, and you will soon, it's meant to be the most wonderful time of your life. And if you're prepared for it and calm and ready, and ready for fun especially, it's going to be the most wonderful time of your life. And actually, I'd like to hear just mention quickly our amazing friend, Mikey Morgan. Mikey is a genuine six-level being, and I've known of no other who chose to come to Earth in a body except, of course, Jesus, but he's in a class by himself, and he was seventh level when he came. But Mikey came from the afterlife level that's just below the Godhead, and he's last lived on Earth in the 1600s, he tells us. But he, came, he became so worried, as many people there are, about how things are going on Earth that he took that extra lifetime. It ended in 2007, and he was only 20 for a good reason. He wanted a good long time to be able to talk with us through his wonderful mother, Carol. His book is fantastic. It's called Flying High in Spirit, a young snowboarder's account of his ride through heaven. It's the best account in print of the death process, the afterlife, and so many other things. And it's from someone who truly knows. Now, as you know, of course, I have nonfiction books too. My, book, my books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and for children, The Fun of Meeting Jesus. You can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon.com, and the adult books, of course, you can get as audiobooks. If you want to talk about any of my books or anything at all, I, if you want to ask me questions about today, whatever you'd like to do, don't hesitate. Just go to the green contact lock on robertagrimes.com and send me an email. If you've given me your correct email address, you'll hear from me within a few days. It could be four or five days. Depends on how many other people had the same idea at the same time. But I'm happy, always happy to, to answer your questions. It's, it's the reason that, frankly, I get up every morning full of joy is because maybe I'll hear from you today. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Revision 7 Radio, and just about anywhere else you can find podcasts. So we, it seems we're everywhere now. There also is, of course an app on the in the iTunes app store and other places as well, apparently where you can, it's, it's just the seek reality app. And it, the, if you have it and it's free, the, you'll get new episodes as they first are issued. So that makes things very easy. My role, my whole role, not just in your life, but in my life too, my whole reason for being the reason I, cause I'd love to go home, believe it or not. I would, I can't wait. But the reason I'm staying and continuing to stay and, and getting up at four in the morning every day, all of it is just to help you understand what, what reality is, what the truth is. I don't want you to spend have to spend 50 years figuring things out as I did. 
I want you to learn it, and it takes less than two years if you apply yourself. You can learn the truth. You can get to exactly where I am. You can know as much as I know, and it's only going to take you less than two years if you apply yourself. And believe me, that changes everything in your life. It turns, you know, life sucks, then you die, into, which is basically a tragedy, into a comedy, into the most joyous thing you can imagine. You won't be able to stop smiling. Because your life is eternal. You are the best beloved child of an infinitely precious, perfect, loving Godhead. That's you. I want you to know that. With everything that's in you, I want you to know it and to feel it because it will transform everything for you. And that's that's why I'm expecting. I'm probably going to make me stay till I'm 92. Good grief. Anyway, so we've come to the end of our time, my dear friends. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you, most of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.